Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many has been letting the Holy Spirit work? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you on tonight. We thank you for bringing us here once again. We thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to receive the right now rhema word, the engrafted word with meekness, because it's able to save our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. How many has been a light? For this past week. Some people are like, huh? Yep. <laughs> We've been talking about Christian influence. Uh, we started out dealing with the salt, that you are the salt um, of the earth. And if the salt have lost its savor, then wherewith shall it be salted, right? So we know about the salt. We went from the salt to the light. And when we talked about light, it's reflecting who we are. Now that we're in Christ. So when people see us, who do they supposed to see? They supposed to see Jesus. Now, when he said that ye are the light of the world and that light gives um, light, then that means that when we're in front of people, it should not be something that we're trying to do. This should be something that's penetrating through us. We know we talked about first um, John one, where it says that God is light and in him there is no what? Darkness. Darkness. So if we are born of God, we know that we're supposed to reflect who he is in his character. So by the ways we act, the things that we do, it's going to draw people or it's going to, what daddy say, draw them or drive them. And if you are light, people are going to be drawn to that light. And it also talked about a light, a city that sits on a hill. If you look at a city that's high up on the hill, it's going to give light for people to see. And people are going to go there because of that light. So being that we are the temple of God, the more that we do like the word of God tell us to do, people are drawn unto us. And that's when Jesus came down and he was the son of man, which we know he was the son of God, that people were drawn to Jesus. Why? It's because Jesus reflected that light. Matthew 17 talked about, you know, Jesus was transfigured. And when he was transfigured, they saw the light that was coming even from Jesus. So they knew that a change had taken place because they didn't, hadn't seen this before. So that's how it's supposed to be in our lives. We know Moses, when he was getting the Ten Commandments and he was up there with God for 40 days and 40 nights, Moses come back down and his face shone that light so it shows that he was in the presence of the lord when you in the presence of the lord there don't supposed to be any darkness now i can say sometimes we do mess up right we fall down we get up and when we get up we're ready to turn from where we were and walk as children of light so it takes time it's a process but in order for us to get there we have to what renew our minds we have to know who we are now that we're in christ um we also went over Ephesians 5, and that talked about um, how uh, the things that we should not do. And we were once in darkness, but now we're in the light. So we shouldn't be representing darkness, which is the things of the world. Tonight, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about righteousness. I want to talk about the law. This is Matthew five seventeen through 20. I'm telling you, we're staying in Matthew 5, aren't we? And I believe that if we get 
Matthew 5, we can be those disciples that he has called us to be. Matthew 5, 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Let's stop there with Matthew 5, 17. What was Jesus saying unto his disciples, which are the followers of Christ? First of all, he was putting two things out there. He was putting law. He was putting prophets. When we look at the law, it's talking about um, rules and regulations given unto people um, by Moses to show them how they should live. That's what the law is. It's rules and regulations that God gave to Moses showing them how to live. Why did God have to give them the law? Because without the law, they didn't know that they were sinning. They felt like they were living normal lives. So Moses gave them the law to live by so it would let them know that they were in sin. When we look at the law that Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the law from um, the five books of the Bible, from Genesis to, not well, part of Genesis to uh, Deuteronomy, Exodus to Deuteronomy. I don't want to get it mixed up because from Genesis... This is when they were not up under a law. God told Abraham what would happen, but that law didn't actually start to Exodus 19. And in Exodus 19, verse 7 and 8, it says, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and said before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses Um, return the words of the people unto the Lord. Now look, in Exodus 19 is when they first start receiving laws. This is when they first uh, had to get rules and regulations, and I believe it's about 617 laws dealing with um, different rules, dealing with different things that they have to go by. Now what these people done was saying, we will keep all the law. God gave them a choice. And they felt like we can keep all of the law. The Bible says if you break one law, you broke them all. So you may keep all of them except one. That means you broke every last one of them. So when Jesus said he did not come to destroy the law of the prophets, he came to fulfill. Now, when we look at law, we understand what the law is, these rules and regulations. But when you look at the prophets, these um, prophets are the mouthpiece of God, which was decreeing and declaring that the Messiah was coming to do away with all of our sins. So they decreed and declared Um, the coming of the Messiah. So one thing we have to understand, people say the law is done away with. The law is done away with to those that have accepted Jesus Christ. They're no longer up under those rules or up under those regulations because we um, walk by uh, Jesus' righteousness and not our own. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But he didn't come to do away with the law. So some people are saying, okay, This is what you still have to do. No, that's not what I still have to do to get anything from God. Jesus fulfilled what needs to be done so I don't have to do it. And I'll give you an example. Everybody know this. If you go get a car, you have to sign a contract, right? They print out all that paperwork. And they go over that stuff with you and you sign it. Sometime with a car, it may be two years. You know, it may be uh, four years. The longest is what, six years? Six years. Okay, they, they give you that contract. Once you read over all that paperwork, then you sign it. That means that until that contract is fulfilled, 
you in bondage to whoever you have that contract with, right? So, but if somebody step in dealing with that contract and say, I am going to pay that obligation for them, you're no longer bound to that contract. It's still in effect, but it ain't on you no more. It's on them because they took over that agreement, right? This is what Jesus done for us. He didn't do away with the law. He said, I'm coming to fulfill what you can't fulfill. That means everything that was in the law, he said, I fulfilled it. But by you accepting me, you no longer up under that legal binding contract. So this is why anybody that's trying to work to get what God has, you up under the law. And where law is, there is sin. And if you have faith in him and you are doing the law, you are sinning. Everybody get it? So anything that the word tells you and you don't do, guess what? It's already been taken care of through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why our faith has to be in him and not in ourselves. When you try to work something yourself, you're putting yourself back in bondage. If Jesus fulfilled it, that means we're no longer under any obligation because he fulfilled what we could not. Y'all, I'm so excited. Because sometimes when we come to God, we're still begging to get certain things and we don't have to. He don't see us no more. He see his son. So if we know Jesus have already done it, then why are we doing something to get something from God? We don't have to. So that's what Jesus said. I didn't come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill the law. So the law was all the way up to John the Baptist, but after John the Baptist, it was no more law up to John. So nobody was no longer under that law because the Messiah had come to fulfill that law. And that's what Jesus was telling the people. You no longer in bondage. When you have faith in me, I give you an example. Y'all remember the woman with the issue of blood when she heard about Jesus, that's when she pressed in and she was trying to get to who? To the word. Because it was no more her trying to do it herself no more. Remember the word says she went to every physician. She spent all that she had. But when she heard about Jesus, she kept saying within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I should be made whole. See, she loosed everything else. She was dependent on him. She had faith in him. That's why this woman of God had uh, great faith or, you know, had more faith than somebody else had. That does not mean that I have more faith than you. That just means that I know what I have and I'm pressing into what I have. And the reason why you're not getting what I have because you're not pressing into what he's already done. So if there's anybody in this room that's trying to get something from God or trying to um, make a way of getting it from God, praying more, fasting more, or speaking in tongues more, let me tell you something. You ain't sin. Why, how can I say that? Because your faith has to be in what he's done, not in what you think you need to do to get something from God. All of that is not going to change God's mind because you put more effort in reading the word. Um, I'm just being honest. Sometimes we put more effort in reading the word and thinking, well, the, the more I read the word, God see me reading the word, then maybe God will go ahead and heal me or maybe God will go ahead and deliver me. Maybe God will send money down from heaven and give it to me because I'm putting more effort. Have you ever felt so good because you took five minutes to get into the word and you felt like you done something? Anybody? Let's don't lie about it. 
I felt good because I spent five minutes in the word. I feel like I can jump, leap, holler, do everything because I spent five minutes. Oh, God got to honor my request now because I've been in the word with him. He been honored your request if you never get back in it. But you're getting back in the word to know what you already have. The word is the spiritual mirror to let you know that you are a spirit being. And in order to receive from God, this is your spiritual mirror. So if we don't never get in here, we're not going to know what we have. We're going to continually beg God and say, well, God, why haven't you healed me? Why haven't you delivered me? Why haven't you prospered me? And, and I guess God is saying, what are you talking about? I done done all I'm going to do through Jesus. And if you accepted my son, you have everything that you need on the inside of you. And if you know what you have on the inside, it will manifest itself on the outside and you will get some results. So if anybody is trying to work to get something from God, you ain't believing in what Jesus done. You really don't have faith in him. You having faith in yourself from what you can get for God. Everybody understand that. Now let's talk about the law a little bit more. We said that the law was rules and regulations given unto the people by Moses to show them how they should live. We know that the purpose of the law was to bring them to Christ, to let them know they were in need of a savior, to let them know they could not keep the standards of God. That was the purpose of the law. It was to draw them to Jesus Christ. I'll give you an example. Before they were, there were laws, people were sinning. And they looked like that was a normal way of living. They had a sin nature on the inside of them. And they did whatever they wanted to do. But when those laws were set and say, do not commit this or do not do this, do not do that. What I'll give you an example. If the law is saying, and I always use this, do not fornicate. And you look at somebody and you say, you don't supposed to be fornicating. On the inside, that sin nature of that person that's not saved is going to want to fornicate. Because that sin nature is going to provoke them to do what you're telling them not to do. That's what the law did. The law stirred up that sin nature and it was controlling them, compelling them to do what the law told them not to do. And they realized I can't do this no more because what the law is telling me not to do, that's what I'm doing. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 7. The things that he hate, those are the things that he did. And he understand why he did them because there was a nature on the inside of him that was drawing him to do what the law told him not to do. But he said this was because we look in um, Genesis 3, I mean Galatians 3.24, it says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. So the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law was letting us know that we are in the need of a savior because we could not keep his commands. And the reason why we couldn't keep them because we had a sin nature in us. And as soon as God gave a law, that sin nature rose up and say, do it. It was just pushing you that way to do it. Have you noticed when, if I always preached on the commandments, if I preached on works, we would have more sin going on than anything. Why? Because I'm bringing law in the house. And the more law come in the house, the more people are compelled to do what they should not do. Now, these are two, this is dealing with sinners. Now, you that are born again, it can work in that way too because if somebody is always condemning you, then what's going to happen? It's going to draw you to a place 
that you don't want to be in. But if we're talking about his grace, his love, and having faith in him, and you don't have to do it yourself because Christ has already done it, regardless if you did do it, he's going to love you anyway. But why would you want to do it if grace made a way through Jesus that you don't have to do it? That's why the Bible say, by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That means there was nothing that we had to do but have faith in Jesus Christ. When you have faith in Jesus Christ, you can grab hold to grace, which has already been provided, and grace have everything you need. Grace provided everything even before you was worthy. But he said there's one condition to get to grace, and it's my son. Oh, isn't that awesome? So when we accept his son, we're accepting everything that God has. Now, we, this is what we need to be teaching people because so many people are still trying to do it themselves. We need to let them know this is why the law was in place. The law was in place to allow you to see sin. That's why the law was in place. But we're no longer up under law now that we accepted Jesus because Jesus fulfilled the law. We're up under grace and we, we are justified, meaning that we are in right standing through having faith in him, not in nothing we'll ever do. So whatever you're doing now to try to get God's attention, leave it alone. We got his attention over 2,000 years ago. So if you're trying to do more works, that's, that's self-righteousness, meaning that I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to come to church more. I'm trying to fast more. I'm trying to, you know, stay away from these women or stay away from these men. I'm trying to do all of this, speak in tongues more. I'm trying to stay in prayer. All of those things are good if you're doing it in the right way. But if you're doing it, trying to get something done, quit doing it because it's not going to work. So let's talk about the law some more. So we went over Galatians 3.24. Let's look at um, Galatians 3.19. And I'm reading the Amplified. And what it's saying is, what then was the purpose of the law? And this is what I was telling you. It was added later on after the promise to disclose and expose to men their guilt. So that's what the law was added for, to expose guilt because of transgressions and to make men more conscious of their sinfulness of sin. And it was extended to be an effect unto the seed, the descendant, the heir should come to and concern in whom the promise have been made. So we see that this is why the law was put in effect to let us be conscious of sin, to let us know about our transgressions until the seed would come. And that seed is who? Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us in Galatians 3.24, wherefore the law was our schoolmasters to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. So when you come to Christ and you accept him as your Lord and as your Savior, then you are no longer up under this law. But that does not mean that the law is done away with. It just means that you are no longer up on these rules and regulations because Jesus fulfilled it. Some people say, I don't have to listen to those commandments. Guess what? You have the Holy Spirit. You don't need the law no more. Because the Holy Spirit is there to convict you of righteousness. The Holy Spirit is not there to condemn you of your guilt and wrong. Jesus took care of that. So when you do something wrong and you're in the word of God, the Holy Spirit is only going to bring the word back to you so you will know what you're doing is not lining up with the word. He is not the one that condemns you or make you feel guilty or wrong. If anybody says that, that is not the Holy Spirit. That is not God's way of doing things. 
The Bible said that if we are in Christ, we're no longer under guilt and condemnation. So let's look at some more stuff. What did the law represent? The law represented death. We know that the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we always say that, right? The wages of sin is death. Guess what? All of us supposed to be dead, right? Even being saved right in this room, we mess up. So if we're going to go on law, just say, Lord, take me now. Just go ahead and get your little burial plan, get your little plot before you die. If you know what you get, y'all, I'm going to tell you this. It's so good because after Jesus was telling them about the law and how he done away with it, if you read a little bit further, and I'm going to try to get to some more of it, he even tell you what the law tell you not to do. But then Jesus come in here and he bring correction. Like if a man mess with a woman, you know, he's supposed to die, right? But then he goes even further to say, if you lust after a woman. So he's going in even deeper. He said, if you uh, don't even touch her physically, but if you lust after her in your heart, you done committed adultery. We supposed to be dead for that too, man. You don't have to touch him. Only thing you got to do is get one look and see yourself laying with him. You're supposed to be dead, caught in the act, because it's in your thoughts. It's, it's, it's coming from your heart. Thank God that Jesus fulfilled that law, right? So this is what he was saying. When we look at 2 Corinthians 3, 6, I'm reading out the New Living Translation. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. But under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Thank you, God, for life. Thank you, God, for the new covenant. Because if we were up under this old covenant, it's death. And some of well, all of us be dead because he done forgave us for past, present, and future sins. Is the law good? The answer to that is yes. Because in 1 Timothy 1.8 it says, But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. So the law is good if we use it lawfully. Next question is, how is the law good? It brings us to Christ. We answer that in Galatians 3.24. How is the law good? It brings us to Christ. Here go another question. How did Jesus come to fulfill the law? By meeting all the requirements of the law. That's Romans 10.4. Romans 10.4 says, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Isn't that awesome? He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So who fulfilled it? Jesus fulfilled it. Could we fulfill it? No, we cannot fulfill it. So I want to ask you tonight, why are you trying to fulfill something that's already been fulfilled? We cannot do it, can we? The only way this could be done was through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he fulfilled it. But he said he didn't come to abolish it. He didn't come to destroy it. That means that Jesus said that law is still there. Let's talk about if Jesus fulfilled it, then why is it still there? And it says, does that mean that there is no more law? No. The law is needed for a sinner, but not for a righteous man. I'm going to give you scripture on it. 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. It says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, 
for men slayers, for homemongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjurous persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, that's what the law is for. It is not for a righteous person. And if you are righteous and you're still living up under the law, you're living in sin. Did anybody know that? But thank God for Jesus Christ. So quit trying to work it out on your own. Quit trying to fix something that's already fixed and begin to accept what he's already done and give God glory for sending his son on our behalf because all of us in this room supposed to be dead because the Bible said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So he made a way for us through Jesus. And once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are put in right standing by having faith in him. So quit Quit trying to do something to make something right with the God that he's already made right through Jesus Christ. The more you know these things, the freer you get. The more you can come to him and not feel condemned and not feel guilty because you told a lie. You can go to God right in the midst of the lie and say, I told a lie. I know I told it and it wasn't right, but you ain't looking at me. You looking at Jesus. I know it was wrong and you turn it from it. But you ain't letting that be held against you to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. And that's what the enemy wants. He said, if I can keep you up under that law, then you're not going to live according to what he has already given you. So let go of the guilt. Let go of the condemnation. Let go of what you've done yesteryears. Let go of what's even in the darkness that you're suppressing, that you don't want people to find out. Let it go. Jesus already made a, paid the price for it. And enjoy your new life now that you're in Christ. Christ and it's because of him you live and move and have your being so quit trying to work it out on your own y'all I'm telling you this is good teaching because it helps us to realize it's not about me it's all about him so if somebody come up against you and lay a charge so who can lay a charge against God's elect are you his elect are you his chosen are you his people that means nobody can lay a charge against you because guess what? The price has already been paid. And let me tell you, before I found this out, this lady had come to me when we was in the first church and her son, um, they were sending him to prison. And she was telling me, she said, please pray for my son. Please help me. He don't deserve to be in prison. And I heard the spirit of the Lord say, who can lay a charge? against God's elect I'm just speaking spiritually I I didn't know even what that scripture meant but later on I'm like wow God even though he committed the crime if he's in you who can lay a charge against God's elect God then forgave him before he committed the um, crime but that does that mean that the law still ain't in effect there we go he still got to do what the law of the land says, but he's forgiven by God. So once he repent and he come to God, God don't put that on him no more. Oh, y'all, what? Something seems like it's kind of funny with that, don't it? Somebody commit a crime. They murder somebody. Look at what was the man that, I mean, he was really a murderer. Jeffrey Dahmer. But look what God did. If this man came to God, he forgiven. Who does that? Only God can do that. You're thinking about all the people he murdered. They were innocent people. But Jesus died for him too. Look at Adolf Hitler. Y'all know what Adolf Hitler done. 
But Jesus died for him, but Adolf didn't accept Jesus. So where do you think he at? Who he with? So this is what we got to understand. We went. I don't even have to tell you that one. And this is what we do. This is why we're talking about being the salt of the earth, being the light of the world. Don't you know when it's time for us to depart this world? Really, you don't need a preacher to preach for nobody. Not for that dead body. Because that person ain't dead. That's just a body. But what the preacher does is preach to the living and not the dead. They don't live their life. And everybody know the life that they live. And some people die right then in their sin. And people put them in heaven. Well it was time for God to take them on home. And everybody know what they done. We don't know if they got it right with God or not. But I believe they did. Who paid you to say that? We ain't here to preach about the dead body. We're here to preach to the living to let you know what Christ have done for you and that's up to you to accept it and if you don't accept it we done what we supposed to do because you have to make that choice and y'all I'm so excited because these classes supposed to be making you disciples and if we're taking these classes and we're not discipling hmm something's wrong if we're not discipling folks through what we're hearing and we're sitting on it at home and we're not talking about it, is that a disciple? That's not a learner of Christ. So how can we tell somebody something if we don't grab hold to it ourselves and really the more you get it in you, that's what's going to come out of you. You don't have to try to think about it. The moment you face somebody and you start talking, it's going to be a flow. And as it's flowing, the word of God and the Holy Spirit coming together, the power of God is going to be at work. And this is why we need to take the word of God serious. There's no point of coming in here every Tuesday. Now I'm going to still come. If y'all don't come, I'm going to still talk to the chairs. It don't make me no difference because that's what God wants me to do. Not talk to chairs, but anyway, I do it. want to do it, Jenna. We talked to many chairs and wasn't nobody in them. And I remember when we was talking to the chairs, it was Jennifer, my husband, and the two kids. And I remember there was another lady in there. And I, at, after I got through preaching, I said, come on up. We got 10 souls up here. Jennifer, my husband, like, we got 10 souls up here. You need to come minister to them, um, you know, for salvation. They come up by faith. They begin to minister. What happened the next time we come up in there? It was people coming. That's when you walk by faith and not by sight. That means your faith is in him and not what you see in the natural. So if you're in these classes, don't take these classes lightly and say, we just come in the Bible study. That's what we do every Tuesday. Come join us for Bible study. No, you need to be telling them what you're learning, and that's giving them an opportunity to say, I'll see you Tuesday. So just don't sit up in here just to say, I've been here. If you're going to be here, tell people what you're learning through being here. And I guarantee you somebody would want what you have. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. So we talked about uh, the law, light, being the light and the salt of the earth. How many of y'all been getting a good taste? Has it helped you in your daily living? Has it shown you you? That's what it's supposed to do. And as it show you you and where you are, it'll help you when you're around people. Y'all, I'm telling you, living this life through Jesus Christ 
It's not something we try to do. It's what we do. If you're trying to live a right life and you're struggling, it's because you don't know who you are. If you're faking it to make it and you get around uh, certain people and you acting like you saved, and then when you leave those certain people, you acting like a heathen, you ain't got it yet. It's supposed to be the same all the way around. There's a problem in the body of Christ, isn't it? So I pray that what you learn tonight, you will allow this teaching to get in you and come out of you and not only studying because you have a test. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) Not studying because you have a test. You're doing it because you know what you need, not to say, I'm going to fail the test. Let me try to. We want more than head knowledge. We want heart knowledge. That means if somebody approached me, it ain't in my head no more. It's in my heart, and that's what's going to come out of my mouth. But you do have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask, does anybody want to share what they have experienced through being the light, letting your light shine? Have you come up against some opposition in letting your light shine right after the teaching? What's his name? Can you get a mic so they can hear you on live? Um, about being a light, um, when I got moved in this new position where I'm at, um, there was people working with me. And one day, one morning I was at work and one of the girls, she didn't even know me and I didn't know her, you know, I just know that she worked up under me and she came to me out of the blue and she said, Miss Denise, can I talk to you a minute? I said, Sure. And she began to talk to me and I felt the compassion and I felt the, you know, I started sharing some of my testimony with her as I was led by the Holy Spirit. And I felt so, I don't know, it was just saying, I said, God, this girl coming to me, I don't know nothing about her, she don't know nothing about me. And we just talking and I was sharing with her the, you know, the love of God and how much God loves her and God forgave her over 2,000 years ago ago for her past present and future sins and I told her before she could sit around and she needed to get to know the Lord I said because once you know him you know and put your trust in him that he'll take care of everything it's already taken care of so then God led me to show her tell a little bit of my testimony because some of the stuff she was going through I had already been through it so I was calling and I was talking to a pastor about it and she told me, Denise, the girl saw your light. Your light was shining. And she came and she was entrusting you about what she was going through. And I was so amazed because I didn't even know the girl. And if she knew me, it was things that she probably had heard about me. But as far as me knowing her and I didn't know her. And I just thank, thank God that I was able to minister to her and she saw something in me that she saw God in me. And I want to say this, um, I'm going to let my husband share this. We were out eating one Sunday, and someone had called him. We have a number hooked up to his phone when we can't get the phone. The guy that called you and his testimony about coming here and why he would come here. Oh, yeah. A gentleman called the other day, and it, like I said, automatic transfer my cell phone. And he was asking about the ministry, about he read on the Internet about, you know, deliverance, church and all of that nature. 
but he spoke about Sister Nisa and Brother Willie, about their light, how their light shine, and how they really encouraged him as a married couple. And it really, um, he really excited about, you know, what they, they witnessed to him. And we asked him questions about the church, you know, so I'll tell him about what days we had service, and he was invited to come. But thank God by using with his wife with their testimony, you know, and showing the light, you know, it encouraged him to, um, to, uh, to call the church to, to, you know, to draw him near to us, you know, to get the teaching of the way they walk. And this is what we're talking about, about being a light. You don't realize, thank you, honey, that you watched everywhere you go. You might not even realize that you watch, but people watch your demeanor. They watch your attitude, and they watch how you carry yourself. Daquan? Um, this happened about two weeks ago, I want to say, probably about 10 days ago. Um, I was Ubering. Uh, normally, I'm Ubering. Uh, I do it on Thursdays, Fridays, Fridays and Saturdays. Um, I can't remember what day it was on. But um, I know it was around 2 o'clock, and um, I was picking up these two guys, and they were just, and he said, man, I don't even feel, like getting it. I don't even feel right sitting in this car because while, while I'm driving, I'm on my Pandora listening to my gospel music. I said, man, don't be ashamed of it because he said, well, my, well, my grandmother, she's, 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 a, uh, she's a pastor, and I know I'm supposed to be in the Word. I know, be, I know I'm supposed to be in church. I said, man, I said, you're not here by no, no it's, not, it's not ironic that you're here. God put you here for a reason. He said, I know. I've been talking to God, and I've been waiting for him to hear from me. And um, as, as I told him, I said, man, I was here where you was at. And it's crazy how you explain it in church, how was the example. And um, I've been waiting to tell this, but I'm like, you know what? It's not time because I didn't know what time it was. Um, but <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, but I was. I began to tell him that I was in that stage of depression, drinking because drinking because of loneliness, drinking because of anger, drinking because I just that's what that's all I knew. That was that was sin. That was all I knew. That's all my body accustomed to. That's what I adapted to. But that that still no God. I knew of him, but I didn't know him. And I began to tell him. I said, man. You can give it up right now. He said, man, can you pray for me? And I said, I'm not going to pray for you in silence. We can pray right now. I don't care if you're drunk because God don't care about it either because he wants you here. you obviously asking God for, for an answer, and he showed up right here. So it's no excuse that he didn't hear from you, that you didn't hear from God. Because God, don't, God, when God speaks, he needs a body. And that's what I said. I just thank God for allowing me to be that light. And, and by being that light, I was, I began to give him scripture by light. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord strengthen my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I began to tell him these things. And not just because I was trying to think because it was in my heart. That's what was embedded in me. That was, that's what, that's what I live by. And that's what gets me through the, and that's what gets me through it. You know, the Lord is my light. I'm not alone. And I began to tell him that you are not alone. God has not forgotten about you. Do not, do not forget where you're from. God had already instilled that seed in you when you was a kid, as your grandmother. You was raised by your grandmother. So God was already there, planted in you. He's waiting for you to come back home. I began to share with him. And I knew it was God because I knew I wasn't trying to think no more. And then and after we began to pray, and after that, he said, man, God bless you. It's a light on you, man. And he said, it's just a light on you. And I, I just began, when I, when I drove off, I just began to feel that comfort feel. But I began to tear up because I'm like, God... I thank you for the opportunity for me to pray for them, for me to be the light. But I begin to tear up. I'm like, God, you still have favor in me for me to even shed it to someone. And, and sometimes I feel unworthy sometimes, like, God, but you still gave me the opportunity to tell someone the goodness of you. And I just felt amazing. I just, it was amazing. It was, um, it's been on my mind for the past two weeks, like I said, but it was amazing. Um, 
it's, it's no greater it's no greater feeling ministering the word. You know, when you got the word in you and it, it's in your heart, it's no greater feeling than that. It brings comfort to your soul, brings joy to your soul to tell somebody about the goodness of God. Amen. So. Amen. That's the light, y'all. It's it, our lights are shining, but sometimes we allow things to darkness to get in front, and that don't supposed to happen. I'm like him. It, it does make you feel good. I was um, driving home last night, and a friend of mine texted me, and she was like, "Can you pray for me? I'm going. You know, I'm going to be in this place." And so, like I said, it just it comes out of. So you know, I'm texting, 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 and every you know everything that God has has shared with us about what He's already done. And this girl's a Christian, and but you know we've all been there. We we may have been Christians for a long time, but we if we haven't been getting the teaching. And it just coming out of you, and as God give it to you, and I could just tell by the responses that would come back from her, it was like her whole demeanor had changed. You know, reminding her, you're a child of the King. You know, healing is the children's bread. You already healed. It's already done. You need to claim it. Don't you receive what the enemy's trying to send your way? And like I said, when you got off, it just makes you feel good because we know who we are, and we want everybody else to know who they are in God. Amen. Come on, Brother Willie, leave it on for him, Jim. <laughs> this happened just yesterday. I was uh, getting off of work. I worked to uh, a daycare part-time. And me and my little niece, we was just getting off, and I was, uh, you know, riding down the road. I seen this guy laying side the road, and uh, my first mind was like to, you know, just keep right on going, because I was about to run out of gas, to tell you the truth. And, uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I said, I said, you know, everybody was just was like passing by him, you know, and stuff, and wanting nobody stopping. So I turned around, and uh, and it came to my mind where the uh, I think it was scripture in the Bible said about the uh, good Samaritan. So I turned around and picked him up, and I asked him, I said, what? I said are you going home? He said, no, I'm heading to the store. So uh, I picked him up, carried him to the store. He got what he wanted, and then I, you know, carried him back home. So You were letting your light shine. I was letting it shine. You gone, brother. Yeah, letting it shine. <laughs> I want to say this with Daniel sitting there. You know, people know your lifestyle. My husband had went into uh, Highway 55, and he had placed an order, and the girl that was taking his order, she knew our daughter. And as she began to talk, she began to talk highly of Daniel. Let me tell y'all something. This ain't no game. We say we're saved. We tell people we're saved. But if your life don't reflect what you're putting out of your mouth, don't say nothing. If you rude to people, if you still offensive, you can quote the scripture from the back to the front, from the front to the back. They don't want to see you coming because they know your demeanor. They know what you left. Your first impression would be your last. So you have to be so careful with how you present yourself to people because sometimes your face will mess it up because when they're looking at, oh, Lord, I don't want to talk to her. Look at how she's looking. The Lord will show you your face. He will let you know. I remember when I was working and I was mad at the people for what they done. But this was all God's doing. And I remember, this is no lie, God showed me my face like I was looking at a mirror. He said, do you see how you look? 
I said, Jesus, am I looking like that? So he let me know, how can your light shine? How can you be like a city sitting on a hill for people to come to you when you're looking this way? You ain't looking like what you're saying to them. Because see, what I was saying to them, I ain't going to be here. Coming off this job. And my face was like a bulldog face. So it was like I was mad, but I'm decreeing and declaring something. But my actions and my ways was not lining up with my words. Y'all, it's time for us to be who we say we are. And if you know you got stuff in you and it's keeping you from letting your light shine, I want to ask you something. Why are you going out trying to do something? Come on, Tyson. Why are you going out trying to do something when you know you ain't right? Get you right before you leave out. Say, Lord, I can't go out any kind of way. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You got the mic? Um, I got a funny story. Um, I was actually on a plane going to Florida for my last trip. And I'm about like, Pastor, I hate flying. I just got to do it just to get where I got to go. But um, I get on the plane, and the first thing I do is check out, like, who on the plane. Like, you just don't know who who on the plane. So, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm looking for A-Rabs. I'm looking for all that. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I do I'm sorry I don't care I don't care so I'm late in the, in the airplane I mean in the airport or whatever so uh, I'm like the last person to sit down and I saw a dude that looked kind of suspicious get on the plane and and what you know that's exactly who I'm sitting beside on the plane when I get on the plane so I checked my ticket again I look up there and that's he in my seat you know what I'm saying so I got to sit beside him or whatever so I start sitting beside him or whatever, and it's this other uh, black lady beside me. She looks, um, you know, she looked pretty sophisticated or whatever. So, you know, I mean, I, I was thankful that the Lord put me beside him because if he tried something, then I knew I would be the one to say it today, you know, because my nerves bad. And, <laughs> and <laughs> but uh, long story short, um, we was on a flight, and we was, we was, you know, midway through the flight, and, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching the guy. And we get in, we get to start having a conversation, and the uh, the 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 ladies start coming around, and he asks for um he asks for like an alcoholic beverage. So I was like, oh lord, he about to really, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he about to really do something crazy. And he offered me something. I was like, nah, bro, I'm alright. You know what I'm saying? So um, we started talking, and this guy had been uh, deemed as a psychopath by his doctors and his family had rejected him, like all his family was rejecting him. And um, the lady beside me turned out to be like one of the biggest lawyers in Atlanta. Like she was really, you know, she was really uh, renowned. And we got to talking and somehow or another, um, God came up. So she was ministering to him and he was looking at me and I was ministering to him. And we, we ministered to that guy for like 45 minutes and, and when we got done, we was landing, thank the Lord. But uh, the guy looked at me, and he said, man, I really wish that I could be like you. And I was like, like me? I was like, you know, I, I ain't nobody, man. I'm just, I'm just, I just started speaking like Quan say, like, when you're going through something, even though you got a long ways to go, you feel unworthy, but, but God will let you know where you're at. Like, like when you start speaking on, on what, what, have, what has happened to you, it's what's in your heart. So I was giving them scriptures that helped me get through what I got through. Or she was giving her, him, him scriptures of what helped her got through. 
And the guy looked at me and was like, man, I, I appreciate y'all. You know, you don't know. Um, I can't even, I haven't talked to my mom, my dad, and this amount of months and this amount of years, and I don't have nobody to do this and do that. And we helped him actually realize, like, what his light was in the process of him letting me know that, you know, I got that my light was helping him. So it was kind of like a, a I don't know, it was a catch-22, and it, and it has made me feel good because I helped somebody with a little bit that I know, and the lady next to me helped somebody, and, and the guy now is like, you know, he, he got hope. Like, we could have been the last people to mm -hmm. talk to the guy to save his life because he was suicidal, like, you know, and we was just telling him that, you, you know, no matter what the doctors say, that, that you know, you don't, you don't have to receive that and stuff. He looked at us, he said, man, nobody in the world has ever talked to me like that. Like, everybody has looked at me and told me what I'm not or what I'm, or what I'm is or what I'm not. And I was like, wow, that's really crazy. And like Quan said, you never know why God choose you to do something. Like, you never know um, where you can end up being. So, you know, like the guy that I was looking at on the plane, I was like, God, please don't let me sit next to this dude right here. And I was, <laughs> and, and it was a reason why I sat beside that dude. I, you know, we might have saved that guy life. You know, we, we might have saved that guy life. And um, it just made me, it just made you feel good because now that guy looks at me and the other lady as somebody he can, he can call or talk to. Mm -hmm. And, he, and he, he had nobody. So um, just, just go into every situation open-minded, I guess. And because like, like you said, God will show you yourself, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and you feel unworthy sometimes because you know that you got a long ways to go. But, but your light can still help somebody else. Amen. And keep the light shining. Don't let it go out. We may do something this day, but tomorrow maybe y'all somebody will come in and you feel like the worst person there is. But it's okay. Just say, Lord, that's not who you are. That's not what I should have said. But this is where I get confused. I wonder if anybody get confused with this. When you know you're doing something wrong or you've done something wrong to somebody, how can people lay down at night and don't get it right? And you have the Holy Spirit. How can we go for days and don't go to the person that you got that problem with? I tell you, does nobody want to say? No, that's part of it. Part of it is trying to be so super spiritual. I'm going to pray about it. You don't have to pray about that. Some things you don't have to pray about. Some things you're supposed to know. You don't have to say, I'm going to pray about that and see what the Lord said. <laughs> it's in the word. And if you're getting taught these things in the word, why do you have to pray about something you've already been taught about? Some people just use prayer as an excuse because they don't want to deal with it. And sometimes we keep sweeping stuff up under the rug thinking it's going to fix itself. And then you keep running your mouth to other people. What kind of light is that? That ain't light. That's darkness. Because we're not doing what the word of God is telling us to do. Y'all, this is such good teaching. You're teaching well, apostle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have anybody else before we dismiss? I love you guys. Come on, Manny. Come on, Mr. Bahamas. You did something I ain't doing. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs>
I just want to say, um, like, I always listen to people who don't really know God. Um, I, I like to hear what people have to say. You know, like, criticism sometimes is good, and sometimes it's true when you hear what the other party is thinking about us. And I think about, uh, like, on my job when I, you know, it was someone that came there, and she was telling everybody, she introduced herself as a pastor instead of just, you know, whoever she was. And then, uh, you know, she, she, she had a nasty mouth, cursed, and her ways was just wrong, you know. And, 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 and to hear people who didn't know God said, you know, uh, what church does she have? Because I don't want to go to that church, you know. I mean, it's just showing us really how people think about us when we do. Uh, act ungodly you know they they see us and 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 it's a bad representation of christ um and uh like like another another issue i i've I've seen people that that's say they're saved and and say well you know they get into argument and say well you don't want no part of this you know you you mess with the wrong one now you know and stuff like that you know it just really it just really grieves you you know when you're supposed to be representing jesus christ you know it's like and and we forget, you know, kind of like uh, what he was talking about, the guy on the plane that, you know, the people that we're winning are, you know, they're, they're going to be people that's not so pleasant to deal with sometimes, you know, like like we were. Um, we were the same type of people, you know, so we can't forget that uh, this is this is how we were when when, uh, when we met the Lord. Um, but I just think of, of us being, you know, a light and being salt. Um, it's so easy nowadays because the world is like this generation is saying basically, you know, we are we're like a new generation and the things of old don't matter anymore. Uh, like me and my wife sat with this lady and a couple. Um, they, they paired us up at a table. We were supposed to have a singles table, but they paired us up with a couple. And um, the lady was a Filipino. She married a white guy, but she was saying her mother always said that she couldn't uh she had to be married you know she couldn't shack up and all of this and and so she got married at a late age and she was like yeah my mom is so old-fashioned you know nobody does that now or whatever so then we got talking later like the next night and she said well um how um we was talking about the girls and stuff and she said are y'all strict or whatever and um and I said well we, we raise our kids according to the Bible. I said, we're kind of like your mother, kind of like the, the old, you know, <laughs> I said, you know, the, the, the old fashioned stuff you was talking about. I said, we raise them according to, to what the Bible says, you know, um, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of brought conviction to her. I mean, she really began to, you know, open up with us. And then uh, even even the next the next night they came and followed us somewhere else they was like well here we are and I mean they hugged us and I mean they was real nice people you know but I, I just thought it funny you know like the bible says about your speech being seasoned with That's grace right. you know and salt That's right. um but but it, it was funny that she actually came and and I mean she was like love y'all and hugged us and we glad we met y'all you know but we didn't condemn them or anything but she actually opened the door for us to to say that you know and you spoke truth in love yes that's why she was after you now somebody else would be said the bible says yeah. i don't want to hear that from those people but it was an incident that happened to me what happened to me i had a boss y'all that they was trying to run him off and the next day um i heard that they let him out the hospital 
So I was not asking him about all that, that they escorted him out, wouldn't let him go to his office. So I was asking him about the numbers and, and you know, how he want me to handle something. And he said, who want to know? <laughs> so why am I saying that? Because when we go places, when I go places, if some people have hung out with me and my husband, I don't give them a title. I don't mention no title. I don't mention none of that. They say, well, who are you? I'm Amanda Bryant. Well, who are you? Because I don't try to make title who I am because that's not who I am. But sometimes people want people to know I'm this or I'm that. No, I am a child of the king. And sometimes I say, we pull up to the gas station and the lady's just smiling at me and my husband like, is she smiling at my husband? <laughs> I mean, you know, he over here giving her the money. So I'm just looking. She just I'm like, what's up with this lady? So she looks, she say, I see you every Sunday morning. I said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> so see, people going to see you. They're going to know you in no matter where you are. So we have to let our light shine, not faking it to make it, but be who you are. And when you know who a person is and somebody come to you and tell you otherwise, you'll be like, I don't know who you're talking about. That's not who I know. But today, people don't do that. They're like, Pastor Manna done what? Now, you sure that was Pastor Man? Tell me some more. How is that helping them? So we need to continually let our light shine. Don't let that light go out, but continually letting it shine by going into the word of God and knowing who you are. Amen. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Elno? At St. John's.